Chapter 5 Goals Egolwas They huddled against the trench walls in their dirty horizon blue uniforms, clutching the woodstocks and blackened steel of Manlikabertier rifles, shining sword bayonets affixed, puffing away on Golwal cigarettes that burned acrid Syrian tobacco. The smoke, greedily sucked down and exhaled by the French infantrymen, filled the trench, joining the reek of ammonia-laced panic sweat, cocktailing with the sick, sweet scent of cheap rum. Captain Maurice Lafitte paced behind his sergeants caporals as soldats, each man in his own world, each mind, processing the personal oblivion that was waiting for them on the eastern edge of the trenches. Maurice Lafitte checked his pocket watch, noted the two minutes to nine, and ground his teeth. The flaccid, cocked bastards at HQ had promised shelling until 9 a.m. sharp. Were they pausing? If he blew his whistle now, would the barrage erupt again, raining down hell on his own men? He'd seen it happen before. Bastards of the rear echelon, with their golden epaulets and cockaded caps, little limp dicks the lot of them. They looked west, toward the distant artillery batteries, and hurled mumbled insults at the grand men behind the front lines. Mes coquilles sur ton front. My balls on your chin. Je te chie dans le cou. Oh, I shit down your front. Vous bit molle. You flaccid cocks. Lafitte caught sight of a small group of men sitting at the bottom of the trench, leaning against the reinforced corrugated wall, smoking cigarettes and pipes passing a clay jug of rum. His foreign legionnaire. His elite. In the not-too-distant past, they had been a platoon whose primarily black and brown faces struck terror into the hearts of the Germans. German high command had made loud, formal complaints, decrying the indecency of sending black savages to kill white men. French high command had laughed and laughed and laughed. Lafitte had used his savages to great effect. Alas, now just four remained. Two white, two of African descent. Of the eighty warriors that had marshaled to do the nastiest bits of work under his command just a year before. Alexandre Renoir, their sergeant major, a Belgian with coarse black stubble on his cheeks, swigged a mouthful from the rum jug, the flowing moustaches, that were at one time his vanity and joy, had become unkempt to the point of absurdity and now just helped to warm his face and hold the scent of his pipe tobacco. Renoir grinned, making a vastly informal salute to Lafitte with the bottle of rum. At your service, Capitan. To your health. Lafitte nodded back and continued down the line, checking his watch again, muttering his epithets towards the feckless, limp-dicked general staff at Quartier General. Flaccid cooks. Renoir had his drink, then looked over fondly at his last remaining caporal, his American. Isaiah Taylor's skin was the color of dark mahogany. A wicked scar cut diagonally across his face from beneath his left eye to the bottom of his right jawbone. As horrific as the scar was, he should surely have lost his nose in the conflict that caused it 
and would have had his Aunt Jean not been a savant with needle and thread. Despite the slashing wound, Isaiah possessed an unqualified and brutal beauty. At twenty-five, he'd never felt the slave master's whip, but there was a brashness and certainty to him that said, had he been born fifty years earlier, them good old boys in Mississippi would have done their damnedest to break him in two, and failing that they would have found justification to put him to the tree, which is not to say they did not try. But Renoir could not say for sure. Isaiah never spoke of home, or what came before all this business on the front. All Renoir knew was that he had never met a man whose ferocity and joie de vie did not seem dimmed or battered by the horrors of war. He assumed that whatever came before had been worse. Renoir passed the rum to Isaiah. A votre santé, caporal. Merci beaucoup, sergeant major. Isaiah had a deep slug, then passed the rum on down the line to a tall, broad-shouldered black African warrior, a Senegal in the uniform of a Frenchman, Francois Anunique. Francois's face had its own scars, but these were purposeful beneath his eyes, on his cheekbones, along his jawline, his rite of passage from boy to man. Scars carved to ward off the demons that his tribe knew life was certain to bring him. At his hip was a long curved saber passed down to him through the generations. He called her his cutlass, like a pirate of old. The original master of the blade would have been proud of the bloody use it had seen in Francois's hand. Francois declined the bottle. No merci, America. Not for me. Suit yourself, deputy. Isaiah had a second pull. He wiped his mouth. Most grateful to have your share. Alain, the last man of the quartet, Alain Dupre, a clean-shaven, lean, dark-eyed Frenchman, had spent his other life, the one before the war, working the docks at Le Havre. He rushed to join the Legionnaires after shanking a fellow who had it coming in broad daylight on the docks. He looked up from packing his pipe. Drink up, mon frere, said Isaiah. Merci. Alain took the bottle and drank deep. Isaiah put a match to a Gaulois. He surmised Francois as he exhaled the smoke. What I can't understand, deputy, is how you can turn down what might well as not be your last chance at a good, stiff drink. Francois's laugh was a deep, warm rumble. If I think she is my last drink, perhaps I will not deny myself. But Allah is not coming for me today. So you say. I say better safe than sorry. Isaiah got the bottle back from Milan and had another nip. Where I come from, God sure ain't known to save the best for last. He more of a take em as they come kind of fella. He may take me today, but in my last moments, drawing breath on his green earth, I'll know that I at least didn't get suckered out of a nice tot of rum by trying to guess what kind of humor he was in. What do you think, Sard Renoir? Renoir accepted the nearly empty bottle from Isaiah. If God is paying attention, he has lost our sense of humor by now. You are correct. Better safe than sorry. Renoir polished off the last of the rum. Better safe than sorry, yep. Make that of a show thing. Isaiah grinned as the warmth of the spirits pulsed through him.
Unger steeled himself at the trigger of the spandau. He clamped his jaw tight and summoned a whispered prayer. Gott in heaven, my God, blessed are you, eternal one who hears my prayer. Distel smacked him hard on his helmet. Keep your due prayers to yourself. In the distance, whistles blew. Captain Strothman called out, Be ready! Unger nestled behind the spandau, staring down his sights, grasping the wooden handles, resting his thumb lightly on the well-oiled trigger mechanism. In the French trenches, Captain Lafitte spat his whistle out, then clambered up the makeshift wooden ladder into no man's land. All along the salient, his company followed his lead, bayonets at the ready, Isaiah, Renoir, Alain, and Francois sat back and watched as the French infantrymen headed up the ladders. Francois and Unique provided a quiet benediction. Dieu soit avec vous. Renoir leaned back, pulling on his pipe. God is dead. They are next. Then is us. Isaiah laughed. Speak for your own damn self, Sergeant Major. I intend to live. Renoir smiled. He patted Isaiah's shoulder. Mon ami, l'amour get us all in the end. She get us all. Joseph Schmidt glassed the line. Forty yards away, the first line of Frenchmen crested the parapets. He held his fist up, allowing the French to create a solid wall of blue on the horizon. When he dropped his hand, the command was a harsh whisper. Fire! Unger squeezed the trigger. The Spandau erupted, roaring and clattering, raking fire across the field, shredding the horizon blue line of men and boys. Unger was an artist, traversing back and forth precisely, calmly. Once the initial wave had been knocked down, he scanned the line of fire, unleashing staccato bursts where he found movement, as the wounded and the lucky tried desperately to get back to the safety of the trenches. Strathman watched the slaughter, hollowed out, gut-wrenched. <laughs>